Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Market View on Money FM 89.3 with me, Adrian Abraham. And as always, joining me in the studio is Ryan Huang. How are you, Ryan? Hey, Adrian. You are back in pink today again. What's going on? Ryan, you have to just embrace colors. I love the color pink. It's a great color. Have you watched a Barbie movie yet? Not yet. All right, so... No. As it goes, I think you should catch it this weekend. <laughs> I'm waiting for uh, it to come to Apple Movies and then I won't have to leave my house to watch it. Um, let's check in with how markets have opened this morning in Asia, Ryan. All right, let's check in with the latest numbers. And overnight on Wall Street, we had a rather positive session. So there were some expectations that maybe we could get a positive handover as well with the, I guess, momentum. Uh, but you have to bear in mind that August has been a pretty sluggish month for markets. So that's the backdrop. But um, we did get some upside last night. So if you look at the benchmarks on the Wall Street numbers, the Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 0.6% to 200 or by 213 points to 34,560. The S&P 500 climbed 0.6% to 4,433. And the Nasdaq Composite was up 0.8% to finish at 13,705. If you take a look at the monthly numbers so far, the biggest loser is the Nasdaq down 4.5% and the S&P 500 is down 3.4%. So a bit of caution creeping back into markets even though we get a bit of reprieve now and then, including last night's action. Looking into the starting numbers so far across Asia, it does look like we are in a similar mood of caution. So if you look at where we are right now for Japanese markets, it is just slightly higher by 0.3%. Same for Korea, up 0.3%. And Australia, just barely better by 0.3%. So it is a bit of waiting and seeing as investors look out for the CPI data coming later this week from China as well as the non-farm payrolls data from the US. So if we get um, hotter than expected numbers, it could mean rates could stay higher for longer. So that's one thing to watch out for. But in the meantime, not a lot of conviction behind the moves so far this morning. Yeah, eagerly awaiting those numbers. On to corporate news now, and something that's caught my eye this morning um, is OpenAI. They've launched ChatGPT Enterprise, um, which is the company's biggest announcement since ChatGPT's debut. We talked about ChatGPT last week. Still a big fan, Ryan? Yeah, I'm still a big fan, even though we are still you know, seeing some people quite hesitant to use ChatGPT. By and large, a lot of people have been able to find new use cases for, for example, making your itinerary or writing up your resume. But there's also been reports that it has become less intelligent of sorts. I think that's a factor to take into account, right? All the data that's on the internet is what is being fed into ChatGPT. And a lot of these sources like X, the site formerly known as Twitter, the sites like Quora, and many of these so-called free access sites that people people will normally um, visit for free, right? They have started to close off access to chat GPT spider bots, which scrape the internet for data. So without good data, what GPT can tell you is quite limited. So they are facing this conundrum, right? 
how do you get good enough data to make a good enough chatbot? So that is the crossroads right now for ChatGPT. And now there are plagiarism checkers when it comes to university assignments uh, for ChatGPT. I mean, uh, kids these days, they have it so good. Back in the day, I would say that there was no form of ChatGPT. Uh, we had to do it all ourselves. Well, let me tell you a little bit more about this um, Enterprise, Chat GPT, right? or yeah. Cheat GPT. <laughs> so, well, basically, uh, the tool has been in development for under a year and has had the help of more than 20 companies of varying sizes and industries. Uh, Chat GPT Enterprise includes access to GPT-4 with no usage caps, performance that's up to two times faster than previous versions, and API credits. Yeah, so, I think that's the key here, right? You mm-hmm. have to pay and you get what you pay for. And yeah. this is where the credits come in, the enterprise money comes in, and it goes towards paying some of these sites where the data comes from. Because they've been complaining when your spider bots come to scrape data from my site and so on, it takes up server traffic and someone has to pay for the servers. So oh. if ChatGPT can get enough money and pay you know, down the line, then maybe it creates a better product for everyone. And I think um, it is um, bright days ahead if it can pull it off. Absolutely. Let's crunch some numbers because that's what we do here on Money FM 89.3. Earlier this year, Microsoft's expanded investment in OpenAI, um, an additional $10 billion, made it the biggest AI investment of the year. That's according to PitchBook. And in April, the startup reportedly closed a $300 million share sale at a valuation between $27 billion to $29 billion with investments from firms such as Sequoia Capital and Andreessen Horowitz. Uh, two months after ChatGPT's launch in November, it surpassed 100 million monthly active users, breaking records for the fastest growing consumer application in history. Yeah, I'm waiting for the next version, DJ GPT, so I can take the day off. <laughs> DJ GPT, then we're just going to be replaced, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, there's already uh, AI radio DJs out there, so uh, I guess it is a matter of time. Um, something else that's um, caught my eye is uh, Bitcoin trading volume is at its lowest in more than four years now. What's, uh, you know, driving um, these numbers here? Yeah, I think it's a reflection of where... The appetite is for crypto Mm. these days. There have been so many negative headlines. The big guys have been under so much regulatory scrutiny. So that has been one big factor. And of course, the fallout from FTX is not too far away in terms of memory. And you've got some shake-up in confidence behind the crypto space following those negative headlines. And when you think about the... NFT fad, for example, yeah, we uh, talked that about has that. kind of faded off as well, mm-hmm. right? So that is um, something that's, I think, plaguing Bitcoin right now. The, in a way, lack of confidence or the slump in confidence is eating into uh, Bitcoin. So it probably needs a strong reason to bounce back, a catalyst of sorts. Maybe a big institution getting into it as a sign that maybe it will become even more mainstream. So I think it's just waiting for a big reason to attract interest again into this crypto space. Is it still a good time to enter the crypto space? Yeah, that's a tough one. It really is a divided camp when you talk about the crypto space. You're mm-hmm. either long-term bullish or you think, you oh, know, this is not going anywhere. It doesn't really have any legs to run anymore. So it's really a tough one to call. Yeah, let's check in now with the currency markets. How's the US dollar performing compared to the Sing dollar? All right, checking in with what we've been talking about in the past few uh, minutes. We didn't really get a lot of action around 
uh, the corporate news as well as economic data. So if you look at where we are right now for some of the um, currencies we're tracking, not a lot of movement. Looking at a dollar index, it is down 0.1% at 103.9. And if you look at the US dollar versus Sing dollar, it's at 1.354. So no big changes when it comes to where we are right now for um, bond yields, the 10-year bonds staying around 4.18%. Yeah, on to uh, Asian trade now. Ryan, what else can we look forward to uh, this week? What's caught your eye? What should we be aware of? I'm looking at some of the earnings coming through and we've got Thomson Medical Group reporting a drop of 66.7% in net profit. And this is off the back of pretty much an absence of income, lower income from project-related services resulting from the closure of vaccination centres. So Thompson Medical, in some sense, suffering from that lack of revenue. Sancom Industries, some good news there. It has received a letter of intent from the Energy Market Authority to explore the development of offshore wind farms in Vietnam to export electricity to Singapore. So it's going to be a big project with um, huge implications. So Samcorp Industries stock could be one to watch out for today in terms of movements. Oxley Holdings, not so great news there. It has sunk further into the red. So the main board listed property developer said it had a net loss of $83.4 million for the second half ended June deepening from the loss of $20.3 million in the same period the year before. On the back as well of, um, of lower revenue um, because of recognition for various development projects in Singapore. So that's some of the corporate lines uh, we're tracking. Yeah, plenty to track there. And for our last word of the day, we head to Florida where a baseball team has listed their entire stadium on Airbnb for $5,000 a night, Ryan. How is that going to work? You stay or sleep in a stadium? Well, look at the views, right? I'm, I'm showing you right now. It overlooks... Typical stadium. P- typical stadium, but look beyond that. There's some boats there, some nice water. So where's your room? I guess inside oh, the, on the field. <laughs> is, it a, is it a tent on the field? Or is no, it it's not a tent. So basically, since 2020, uh, the Pensacola Blue Wahoos have listed their entire double-A baseball stadium on the home rental side. And unlike the one-time offers from Hollywood A-listers, anyone can book the unique beach town stay. Now it costs $5,143 a night and includes two queen beds and four bunk beds. For the price of admission, the listing boasts guests will have unfettered access to the ballpark. So if you want to go play some baseball or have a kickabout, no problem. $5,000 a night. What do you think? Would you do it? Here are the bunk beds. Look I the bunk suppose... Beds. Looks like a dormitory. Yeah, it looks like a bit of a dorm. <laughs> I guess it kind of makes sense. You know, Nobody's using the stadium at night, so why not monetize it? But it is quite pricey and it's a bit of a niche audience. Maybe if you've got a big gang and you want to have a hangout and have a camp of sorts, this could be for you. You know, the listing has a perfect five-star rating as host from the 36 reviews on Airbnb. 36 people have taken up this offer and they've given them five stars. So I guess they're doing something right. Maybe it's super clean. Super clean and super quiet because it's a stadium, right? No one else is around you. So I would dig it if I needed some peace of um, mind. Yeah, I don't think I will be um, spending 
$5,000 a night for an Airbnb listing. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me uh, this morning on Market View. Stay with me on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.